Medicine Podcast, a once-a-week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. I am your host and bestie, Jen Kolsla, coming to you from the soulless suburbs of Northern Virginia. Yes, hello, friends. I am back from my trip. I mean, I'm back, but I'm not really back. I'm not unpacked, although I have done one suitcase full of dirty laundry. We traveled all day and night on Wednesday and landed back at Dulles around 8 a.m. on Thursday morning. Yesterday, we drove almost three hours to pick up the dogs and then back again, and we are both still pretty wiped out. Yesterday meaning Friday, because now today is Sunday. Then I went to the post office box to pick up something and managed to trip through the open door while dragging the hand truck and smashed down on the floor, and I seriously scared everybody at the UPS store. I was mortified, but then couldn't stop laughing until today because now I am really hobbling around, so nothing is getting done very fast. The cats were well cared for by our neighbor Sarah, who came over every single day for two weeks to pet all the cats and make sure Pete got some wet food. She even cleaned the litter boxes several times. I'm not sure they've ever been that clean. I'm slowly realizing she has her own names for all the cats. So far, I've learned that she calls clown shoes socks, and she calls Pete Uncle Pete. And when she cared for Barney at the end, she called him Grandpa, which was perfect for him. I love that she has her own names for them. Sister Helen follows her everywhere when she's here, yelling the whole time. Supervising me, Sarah says. The dogs were with Ben's parents and Waffles did really well, but managed to come home without his collar somehow. And here's an update. Live update. Since I wrote this, we found Waffles' collar on Ladybug. So now that's Ladybug's collar that's missing. So we're really not sure how they switched collars. We got a report that Ladybug may have suffered a few seizures, though, so that's something we have to keep an eye on. Of course, we worry about her because she's so fragile structurally, and she's diabetic and blind. But she came here in mid-December 2008 as a hospice foster with cancer, and we hoped that we'd be able to give her a nice few weeks of Christmas and New Year's with a loving family. So pretty much every day we've had her is a bonus. Her origin story is a sad one. She was picked up in West Virginia after running loose for quite a while. She was blind in one eye from some kind of injury and had a big scar down the side of her neck from what looked like a wild animal attack, a thyroid tumor the size of a clementine, and when she was x-rayed, she was full of buckshot and BBs. She is covered in small scars and dings and divots, but she's always been such a happy girl. But this year, she's really showing her age and the trauma of her earlier life. She's fully blind in both eyes now, can barely stand, and oftentimes it seems like she's suffering from doggy dementia. But she still loves breakfast and dinner, and even though she's learned to tolerate the kitties. And Sister Helen is her favorite. Sister Helen's everyone's favorite. So, anywho, about that trip to Hawaii. I'd like to say that things improved since you heard from me last... And I suppose they did in some ways, but it was a vastly different experience this year than all the other trips of the past. I think my unease was complex. I was anxious about travel after having been grounded for almost three years. I was worried about the animals while we were away, not knowing if Ladybug would still be with us three weeks later, to be honest. 
I was uncomfortable with all the other people's lack of care of their own health and mine on planes and in public spaces by not wearing masks. And in some ways, I believed I could feel the losses that this special place had endured over the pandemic and continue to try to manage in the face of inflation and supply chain issues and the return of tourism without the return of full staffing and infrastructure. And I worried about whether or not my being there was causing undue stress on an already stressed system. And then there were the midterm elections. And no, I'm not going to keep complaining about two weeks in Hawaii in November because I realize how bratty and privileged it sounds. So I'll just say it was not my favorite trip to Hawaii. I did have one good and delicious treat while I was there, the grilled banana bread and vanilla bean ice cream sundae that was just as good as it was three years ago. And I will end the Hawaii update on this note. Wear your mask on the plane and where large groups of people are inside and continue to carry hand sanitizer. Most of the events we went to were outside, so we were pretty safe, but elevators, not even. Airport bathrooms and lines of any sort, nope. Just because we're sick of COVID doesn't mean we won't get sick with COVID, so do practice good public and personal health measures. Ben and I are both vaccinated and boosted to the hilt, and we have gotten our flu shots, and we still went through several boxes of rapid tests, and each time we were shocked we didn't get tagged. We are hearing from friends and family who are now getting seriously ill with the flu and other upper respiratory illnesses and ending up in the hospital. Be smart and safe, my friends. You are all my precious darlings, and I cannot have anything terrible happen to you. And so we're settling back into Northern Virginia life, doing laundry, slowly unpacking bags, and finding sand in everything. Did you know it's illegal to knowingly bring sand back from Hawaii? I wanted to bring home a little baggie and send to all the Patreons a teeny envelope of sand from my favorite beaches, but I thought better of it when I saw there was a $10,000 fine if caught. I'm a rule bender, not a rule breaker. Everyone is getting postcards instead. In other news, it's time to swap out the inflatables. Goodbye, Halloween T-Rexes. You have done an excellent job this fall. Hello, LSD baby turkey and weirdo vaguely, vaguely veggie tails fall harvest cornucopia that features fruits and vegetables, two of which look oddly like me and Jen Goldbeck. I cannot begin to explain my love for these wacky inflatables. I don't understand it. I don't know where this love came from, but they give me so much joy. I'm only sad that there aren't any good ones for after the winter holidays. I feel like my birthday, which is in May, would be, a far would be far more enjoyable with a gigantic inflatable birthday cake with a panda climbing out of it, looking like he just ate a bowl of psychedelic mushrooms. So everyone in the neighborhood knows it's my birthday. In other other news, the farmer's markets here are winding down a bit this month, and they will get kind of bare bones until spring. Some of them will have special holiday events, and many will offer holiday ordering, even if the markets that they are at close for the season. There are lots of crafts and Christmas markets in this region, too, and we try to support as many as we can. It's so easy to avoid the big box stores for the holidays, for either your food shopping or your gift shopping, and it's a shame more people don't make the effort. I haven't been to the mall since pre-COVID, and I used to love wandering around the mall, just window shopping and people watching, maybe getting a milkshake at the haagen store and a few of those white chocolate raspberry-filled starfish from Godiva, and honestly, I don't miss it at all. Well, I miss the milkshakes, and I definitely miss those white chocolate raspberry-filled starfish, but Godiva closed their brick-and-mortar stores before COVID anyway. 
I still have 30 pounds of apples in the fridge I need to make into applesauce. I usually like to make two or three different applesauces. One a regular one, one made with low or no white sugar at all, using maple syrup or honey instead, and one with vanilla bean and lemon. That's actually my favorite. And if I have pears, I will make a batch of apple and pear sauce, which is so smooth and sweet, it doesn't even need additional sweetener, although I usually do put a little bit in. The key to applesauce is to have the right tools to make it easy. If you had to hand peel all of those apples, it would never happen. So we have an apple peeler attachment for our KitchenAid stand mixer. So it peels the apple and then it spiralizes it, which makes it cook a little faster than if I cubed up all the apples. I also use the wide mouth jars, and this is a really must do for anything that you need to get a spoon out um, or into. Uh, with jams, you can use regular mouth because you're using a knife generally, but with applesauce or cranberry sauce, uh, use a, uh, you use a spoon or even a small ladle, um, and the wide mouth is really the way to go. And since we're talking about fruit, let me also tell you that I probably have 15 pounds of peaches in the freezer that I have to turn into something, along with at least 10 pounds of strawberries, 6 quarts of blueberries, 8 pounds of cherries, and 3 quarts of raspberries, red, and 5 quarts of black raspberries. I gotta get cracking! But before I can really do anything, I have to get my kitchen in shape to work in. The countertops are just covered in stuff. And before I can work in the kitchen, I have to stop falling through doorways at the UPS store and bashing up my knees so that I can stand up. Anyway, I'm still thinking about a pressure canner so that I can can up all of the stuff like my spaghetti sauce with meatballs and Ben's chicken soup and he also makes a really awesome chili but I just cannot pull the trigger on that price tag yet maybe when I double the number of patreons I can afford it hint hint speaking of that I plan on staying on twitter until I get kicked off or until my life is threatened but if you are leaving you can still find me on instagram and tiktok at jen coleslaw although I do not post there very often and I don't post all the same content that I post on twitter I certainly might switch that up if I leave Twitter, but right now I'm not duplicating content on all the platforms, just an FYI. Okay, what other news do I have to share with you? I feel like this is a very catchy, uppy podcast, but I'm working hard to get it back on track. I was so distracted by feeling so overwhelmingly despondent when in Hawaii that my plan to write several episodes of Two Chocolate Cakes Season 2 did not materialize. I'm having a hard time finding a place to write, I like going places to write, like coffee shops or anywhere else. And I'm just not sure where to go these days. Maybe the library? Writing at home is hard because I'm constantly reminded of all of the things I need to do at home, at, same as if I went to my office. And it would be, uh, if it gets cool enough, I can actually go outside and write in the greenhouse, which is nice because it's really bright and we have electricity out there and Wi-Fi. Um, the greenhouse is our fall, winter, and early spring office. Um, but as of yesterday, when I was writing this, it was still too warm out there, although I think it's probably a little cooler today. And finally, it is time to start thinking about the holidays. Can you believe it? Which is its own excitement and existential dread, right? We'll talk about that more next week, but I'd love to know some of your favorite holiday recipes. For Thanksgiving, I am a big fan of side dishes, like sweet potato casserole, but without mini marshmallows, but with like little crumbled 
uh, pecans on top and corn pudding, both dishes that I married into. And just a teeny little bit of turkey on my plate and let me load up on the side dishes and I'm pretty happy. And then I like the rest of my meal to be just desserts. Pecan pie, pumpkin pie, pumpkin cheesecake, apple pie with ice cream, pumpkin roll with cream cheese filling, maybe something with lemon in it as a palate cleanser like um, lemon meringue pie or lemon square, lemon bars like lemon squares or, you know, something lemony. So then I can start it all over again. And all of these things make excellent breakfasts for the day after Thanksgiving. And speaking of the day after Thanksgiving, I remember way, way, way back in the day uh, before really insane Black Friday stuff, but still some stores opened earlier on that Friday. Catherine and I would get up really early and get coffee and tea and go to the craft stores. And it was usually at Joann's. And I want to say that it was the Joann's on the Berlin Turnpike in Rocky Hill. I'm not sure if we went anywhere else. We probably got breakfast somewhere, but I definitely remember going there. A few times I got up early and did a little shopping, uh, but I haven't done that in years and years. There is literally nothing I could possibly need that I would endure the crush at the front door of any place. Um, there's just nothing. But here's the thing. For several years, I worked Thanksgiving um, and and some Christmas Eves and Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the mall. When I lived in Providence, I had a part-time gig at Crate and Barrel. And I kind of loved how insane it was. I also loved that when you work on a federal holiday, you get time and a half. And if you work on a federal holiday that also falls on a Sunday, you've got double time. And that was very cool. And that's, that's a state-by-state state thing. Um, anyway, I, I definitely don't have the constitution to work at a retail job hustling and standing up for 10 hours at a time now. But I totally love a gig where I can wrap people's presents all day long. Do you remember when malls used to offer that and then later nonprofits would set up in stores? I think most recently it's been Barnes & Noble and raise money by wrapping gifts. That is totally my kind of fun. I'd get to wrap gifties and meet people and raise money all for a good cause all at once. And speaking of fun, I have a huge list of things I want to bake and craft this year, but man, I do not know if I will get my shit together and get it done. I really want to make hot chocolate bombs this year. Has anyone ever made them before? I have all of the elements for several different flavors, peppermint and milk chocolate and white chocolate and all different kinds of cocos, but I've just never made them. I was thinking about how fun it would be to pop one of those lint truffles in the middle of each one as a kind of surprise. I certainly have enough of those in my chocolate garage. Okay, so we'll talk more about holiday stuff next week. Um, if there's anything that you want me to talk about specifically, or you want to share a recipe, send me a note on Twitter or an email to twochocolatecakes at gmail.com. Uh, you know how much I love hearing from you. So shall we look at this week's food holidays? Let's go. Today, Sunday, November 13th is National Indian Pudding Day. And my guess is that unless you're from New England, you might not know what Indian pudding is. It's definitely acquired taste that you only need to have once a year. And I prefer mine warm with ice cream, but you can also eat it cold. I think that it is gummy cold and that makes it gross. But it is made from milk, butter, yellow cornmeal, salt, flour, molasses, eggs, sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, and raisins. And you bake it up kind of like a bread pudding. And then you top it with whipped cream or heavy cream or ice cream. 
Indian pudding is also sometimes called hasty pudding. You may have heard of that. Monday is guacamole day, and I have found that I really love mashed avocado as a condiment on sandwiches. Does that make me an aging hipster millennial? Hmm. It is also National Pickle Day, and I like those little sweet gherkin pickles and deli dill pickles. I like to put minced pickles in sandwich salads like egg salad and chicken salad and even ham salad. I am less of a fan of sour pickles or of pickled vegetables or of pickles in places where they don't belong, like on top of donuts or cupcakes or in the deep fryer. No stunt pickles. Tuesday the 15th is National Raisin Bran Day, and I have always loved Raisin Bran, but if we're picking actual brands of bran, I prefer Raisin Bran Crunch, which I think is a Kellogg cereal. And speaking of cereal, we had a cereal in Hawaii at Costco, and we're going to try to find it at our Costco called Morning Summit. And it was so good. It was like a cross between granola and a cereal. Not as crumbly as a granola, but with far more morsels and goodies than just a plain flaked cereal. Tuesday is also National Bunt Day, and there's a franchise store near our office called Nothing Bunt Cakes, and of course that's all they sell, bunt cakes. Little tiny bunt cakes that are slightly bigger than a big cupcake, and then regular sized ones too. The lemon ones are my favorite, but the red velvet ones are good too. I sometimes will use my bunt pan for a coffee cake recipe handed down by my Auntie Ethel. Also, the first chocolate cake from the Two Chocolate Cakes podcast, the one that we always made for my father's birthday, is often made in a bunt cake pan. And I also use a bunt pan for this weird but utterly delicious pistachio cake that's made with white cake mix and pistachio pudding mix and seltzer, of all things. It's very good, though. Wednesday the 16th is National Fast Food Day, and I feel like I could do a whole episode on fast food and what makes it good and what makes it bad, and it's all completely subjective. Like, I will not eat at a Taco Bell. I just won't. But I will eat at McDonald's. I prefer Popeye's to KFC, Five Guys to Fat Burger. I love Panera, but I hate Chipotle. But I was just thinking the other day as we were leaving Hawaii how much I loved bento boxes when I lived in Portland, Oregon. I mean, this was 100 years ago, and food trucks were not really a thing yet, but there was this kind of food cart that was up the street from our factory offices and warehouse, where for $5, I could get a box of rice, some seasoned chicken and vegetables, and it was the most perfect lunch. I think they also had shrimp and beef ones, but I always just got chicken and vegetable or just vegetables with the rice. Moving on. Thursday is baklava day, and I absolutely love baklava. And I love to make it too, although we usually make it with walnuts because pistachios are too expensive. I would like to learn about all of the different ways of making baklava based on where you're from. I'd like to do a baklava internship. It also makes a great gift if you're brave enough to make it. And spoiler alert, it is not that hard to make. I'll put the recipe that Ben and I use up in the Patreon recipe box. And speaking of great gifts, it's also homemade bread day, and I have never been able to master homemade bread. I have a pretty good bread maker, and I can make very one kind of very simple country white bread in it. I'm not sure why I'm not able to get my brain around bread making. That is another thing I'd like to have a few lessons in. I'd love to make bread more regularly, not like sandwich bread, but pizza dough and rolls and maybe croissants and baguettes and hearty breads. English muffins. I'd really like to make English muffins. 
Do not even ask me how many sourdough starters people gave me during the pandemic that I promptly killed off. It really is a good thing I don't have any actual children. That's all I'm saying. It's also Beaujolais Nouveau Day, which is a date mandated by the French government. Under French law, Beaujolais Nouveau is released on the third Thursday of every November at 12.01 a.m., just weeks after September's Vendage, which is when the grapes are harvested. It's usually about two weeks after um, they're harvested. So it's the wine has not had any kind of chance to age. And as you know, I don't drink a lot of wine, but my understanding is that this is like perfectly okay wine. It's probably very bright. Um, but the key is knowing later down the road whether this was a good year. So you'll know if the Beaujolais that, na- that you try now has been aging for several years will also be good, like whether it's an indicator on whether the wine later will be a valuable vintage, if that makes sense. So you, you try the wine now and make a note of it, and then 10 years down the road, you know whether the 2032... Beaujolais is a good one because the 2022 Beaujolais Nouveau was great. I don't know. It's possible I'm wrong about all of this, so please do let me know. I just remember when I worked in restaurants, it was a big deal to have a party on that date and at that time to try the Nouveau. And you could not do it before that date. Friday is National Vichy Soie Day, which is not something I eat, so you can have my portions or you know what? We can just give it all to the cats because they will eat it. Saturday is carbonated beverage with caffeine day. And my current favorite is mango Pepsi, which I can only get in two places in Virginia, the Walmart at Fair Lakes, which is near my office and the sheets in Tappahannock, which is three hours away. And we pass it on our way to dropping off the dogs at the in-laws. I do not even begin to understand the distribution on that. And finally, Sunday is a very big day. It is peanut butter fudge day, and I have my grandmother's peanut butter fudge recipe that somebody in the family makes every year, although I do not think I have made it in some time because of a very traumatic episode, which will probably show up in season two of Two Chocolate Cakes. Sunday the 20th is also the day we bring all the toys we have bought for the Toys for Tots collection site. This was a charity that my father always participated in, and I have continued to contribute to the Marine Corps effort every year. For the last few years, I've been able to raise additional funds from friends to double our impact. So if you're interested in throwing a few bucks towards that effort, I'll put my Vedmo and PayPal in the show notes and Twitter. Last year, we were able to purchase almost $300 worth of toys to donate, so many that it filled Ben's car. Okay, everyone, thanks for hanging in on this hodgepodge cast. (laughs) I like that. Please continue to rate and share the podcast with your dog walking friends, your work slack friends, and your famous talk show friends, especially those. I'll see you next week with a rousing discussion about the holidays starting with Thanksgiving. But until then, remember, you do not have to eat everything on your plate if you don't want to, because there's no such thing as the clean plate club. And you can eat dessert no matter how much dinner you ate or didn't eat because you're a grown-ass adult and you get to control what and how much you eat. Have a good week.